Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. And if you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the largest African-American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. And now let me introduce my guest, starting with co-host Andrea Carr, our media consultant. How are you doing today, Andrea? Fine. How are you doing, John? I'm doing just fine. Next, our circulation director, Wade Lacey Sr. How are you doing today, Wade? I'm doing fine. It's good to be here. Good, good. Next, I want to introduce our intern, Zoe Becker. How are you doing today, Zoe? I'm great. Happy to be here. Excellent. And then I also want to introduce our other intern, Suhana Sinha. How are you doing today, uh, Suhana? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you? I am doing just fine. So let's start with the uh, first story of the day. During both the Thursday, February 18th meeting and the Wednesday, February 24th meeting of City Council, members unanimously passed Councilmember Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney's resolutions to publicly recognize five community leaders and one organization that have made a tremendous impact on Cincinnati. The six Black History Month 2021 honorees are Renee Harris, Pastor Damon Lynch III, Joe Mallory, Dr. Odell Owens, Iris Rowley, and the University of Cincinnati Black Roundtable. Each has worked to better the livelihood of residents by advocating for justice and equality in regard to public health, police reform, and economic empowerment. Andrea, what are your thoughts on this story? I think, um, I, th- I thought it was very enlightening. I mean, I always like it when um, we give flowers to the individuals who have done well in the community. And these individuals have done a tremendous job in their own individual areas of working. I mean, Damon Lynch goes all the way back to um, Black United Front with the protests in OTR for the betterment. He, in fact, he helped, he was part of the group that created the collaborative agreement. Um, everyone else has been, has had successes in their own right. So I think it's wonderful when we honor people who normally don't get honored or get passed over. Definitely, definitely. Wade, uh, what are your thoughts on this story? I totally agree with uh, Andrea Carter. Uh, this group of people have, uh, they've been in the fight for a very, very long time. Uh, each of the individuals, if you look back, uh, you probably can go back at least 20 years or more uh, with their service to the community. So I think it's an excellent choice. Definitely. Zoe, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I agree with everything that's been said. It's really important to recognize these important leaders every month of the year, but it's great that the work that's being done in this community and these leaders who are really doing crucial work in all different industries are being recognized. Good. Suhana, what are your thoughts on this story? Um, John, this is fantastic to see that community leaders are getting awarded and recognized. All the members have significantly contributed and are trying to contribute towards the public health and the community's disparities and trying to fight for them in the field of law. In the circumstances, um, it's amazing that still till date that people are coming in together and trying to make a balance or uplift their community. And in this circumstances, it's great that they are awarded and recognized because this in a big picture and in upcoming years, 
champions the image of the community and puts a good face, which is, I often hear young children say that they don't have good role models. I am happy that more people are recognized as community leaders from the com black community and this could serve as a great example for those children. So true. And moving on to our next story. According to a statement from his daughter, Vernon Jordan, a civil rights activist and former advisor to President Bill Clinton, has unfortunately passed away at age 85. After stints as field secretary for the Georgia NAACP and executive director of the United Negro College Fund, he became head of the National Urban League, becoming the face of Black America's modern struggle for jobs and justice for more than a decade. Andrea, your thoughts on the passing of Vernon Jordan. Vernon Jordan is an icon in the Black community for the work that he did, um, not just with the Urban League, but for everything that he did um, throughout his career. Um, I mean, I really got to know him when um, he was around Bill Clinton. And during Bill Clinton's presidency, I got to really know Vernon Jordan and hear him speak and see all the good things that he's done. Um, I know that he, um, he elevated the level of, of what someone could be an advisor on a presidential level because you don't get to see it all that often. And to see Vernon Jordan have the ability to go in the White House and talk with Bill Clinton was um, something to be proud of and to see. So true. Wade, uh, what are your thoughts on the passing of uh, Vernon Jordan? Uh, really sad to see him go. Uh, uh, you're a baby boomer. Uh, you knew who Vernon Jordan was and, and the role that he played in the struggle. Uh, unlike uh, Martin Luther King and some of the other uh, people that came along before him, uh, they were more, <coughs> excuse me, they were more like national leaders. But uh, Vernon Jordan to me was, was more like a father figure. Uh, and he, he played a big part in, in the struggle and trying to uplift uh, the Black uh, community. Uh, what a lot of people forget is that, that uh, he was shot. I think it was 1980, he was actually uh, shot. He was, I tried to, uh, to kill him. Uh, they had a trial, they got the guy, they had a trial, but uh, they acquitted the guy. Uh, Later, I believe about 16 years later, the guy committed another murder or another shooting and, and killed someone. And during that time, he did admit that he was the shooter of Vernon uh, Jordan also. Well, he, he, uh, he did a lot. He, he, he suffered uh, for his work, uh, but he carried on afterward. And I'm um, really sad to see him go. Zoe, what are your thoughts on the passing of uh, Vernon Jordan? You know, it's always sad to see a great leader go. He did so much during his life and his career that will hopefully be remembered for long to come. Um, I read somewhere that he had his favorite meal and his favorite dessert before he went to bed that night. And I do think in this day and age, it's such a blessing to pass in such a peaceful way surrounded by loved ones. So I think that is something to appreciate. Suhana, what are your thoughts on this story? I am not a part of Black community. So this year's Black History Month has been extremely educational for me. It was recently that I learned that it was in about early or late 1900s that uh, Black reporters started entering White House. 
Democrats. And in the recent times, Obama was the only representation that I knew of Black community, somebody from a Black member sitting in the White House. I never knew who was um, Vernon Jordan, but knowing that he passed away and learning about the contribution he made alongside Bill Clinton in the White House makes me feel very happy, but at the same time, very sad that now he's gone. On a humanitarian note, I wonder how his family must be feeling uh, and are they doing well? But also at the same time, I am honored to know that he served so well to the community that even after he's gone, his legacy will be long remembered. And many young men would, many, many young men and women would follow his footsteps and represent themselves well in the White House. So that's my take on it. Now, moving on to our next story. The FDA gave an emergency use authorization of a one-shot coronavirus vaccine by Johnson & Johnson this past Saturday, marking the third coronavirus shot allowed to be administered to Americans. Johnson & Johnson said that it expects to have 4 million doses of the vaccine ready for shipment this week, unlike the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, which garner approval in December the Johnson & Johnson vaccine comes in one dose. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? Well, I'm, I'm, I like the fact that there now there's a third type of vaccine available to get people vaccinated as soon as possible. So that's going to help everyone feel a little bit more comfortable about getting back to somewhat normal life, so to speak. Um, I, I think it's sort of like it's going to be a different expectations on Johnson Johnson's vaccine where it's only one shot compared to Pfizer and Moderna, which is two shots. But um, from what I understand with Johnson Johnson, you may have to go back each year and get another shot where with Pfizer and Moderna, it's every two years and possibly you just need a booster. So there's differences with everything, but the fact that it's going to get everyone protected faster, I'm all for it. Definitely. Wade, uh, your thoughts? Um, I'm a little concerned. Uh, I know everybody's uh, excited about them having a, another option to go to, but uh, that 75, 77% effectiveness uh, got, got me really concerned. Uh, when they had the polio vaccine, uh, they wouldn't settle for 77%. That's just <laughs> no-brainer. It's, it's not good. Um, the other thing that concerns me now is as we go along more and more uh, as time passed, they're getting us ready, it seems to me, to start taking these vaccines on a day, on a yearly or, or, or every other year, whatever the case may be. It seems to me that's what they're putting in our, in our brain right now. Um, I'm concerned. I, I, I guess I don't want to say it's a money grab, but it could be. And uh, uh, again, with the uh, Johnson & Johnson, I'm not sold on it. Okay. Zoe, what are your thoughts on the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine? Yeah, so um, my mom actually works for the company. So for the past year, she's been 24-7. Her and her team have been 
super busy. Um, and I definitely understand a lot of the concern, but um, Johnson Johnson, they studied their vaccine after the virus had already mutated, whereas um, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were studied prior to the mutation of the virus. So I definitely do see the benefits to the J&J &J vaccine. Um, but then again, I'm just excited that another vaccine is available and on the market. Yes, yes. Suhana, what are your thoughts on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Um, agreeing with Zoe, I see there is a benefit of having uh, multiple options for taking your vaccine. And this certainly indicates that there will be enough dosage to provide everybody in the country. Um, but at the same time, I agree with uh, Mr. Wade that I'm not sure about the effectiveness because the article reads, that it has only 66% uh, effectiveness in completely preventing the disease. But um, I, I don't think the tests would have been, uh, the vaccination would have been even circulated if uh, it was not completely safe. So understanding the apprehensions of the community and apprehensions of the people and people who are naturally worried about taking vaccines, I think it's a fair opportunity because uh, the problems we are facing are greater. But uh, at the same time, it's good that we have a vaccination option and Johnson & Johnson is a very trustworthy community, a very trustworthy company. And they have been functioning for years now. I don't think they will try to release any kind of product which will tarnish their image. So uh, completely relying on goodwill, I think this will just work well. Definitely. And our final news story of the day, which was done in collaboration with WCPL9, many Black-owned businesses across the country have suffered greatly during the COVID-19 economic crisis. The National Bureau of Economic Research found that 41% of Black-owned businesses shut down between February and April of 2020, compared to 17% of White-owned businesses. Andrea, you um, read the story. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think um, Black businesses um, have taken a hard hit during COVID um, because they, a lot of, a few of them got PPE loans, but a lot of them didn't. Um, everyone had to be creative and innovative to survive this um, and change business models, change how they serve their customers, change their thinking, get, get used to new technology. Um, I mean, which everyone else had to do as well, but they, Black businesses were hurt a little bit more and some even opened up, just, you know, took the next step and just went ahead and opened up shots, hoping that, you know, they would get some customers that are hanging around their house. Um, I, I think it was a very good eye-opening story um, that was done with WCPO. And I think they did a very good job of noting that you know, these businesses are here to help and serve as much as anybody else. Wade, uh, what are your thoughts on this story? It's a great story. Uh, not only did it uh, open a lot of eyes about the struggle that these uh, small companies are going through, but it also uh, gave them some, some of these companies exposure that they weren't seeing before. Uh, it introduced them to a lot of people. So it's a great story. Uh, I hope... <laughs> that uh, they are able to survive this. It's, it's very hard for a new business. Doesn't have all the resources from a company that's been in business for several years to, to, uh, to uh, 
to be able to make it through something like this. So uh, my heart goes out to them. I hope they are successful. And uh, I just pray that we all can get through this. Zoe, your thoughts on this story? I also really like the story. Um, I think it's a really hard time to be a business owner during this time. And it's something that we as consumers don't really think about as much as we should. Um, You know, we're scrolling past ads on social media and we're like, oh, I hate ads, like clogging up my feed. But product promotion is really quite necessary to make a name these days because, you know, we're not walking around and window shopping anymore due to the coronavirus. But I think as the one year anniversary of the first lockdown approaches, consumers and business owners alike are hopefully getting more used to navigating this online space that has really replaced our day-to-day. Suhana, what are your thoughts on this story? I feel it was a very well-written article. It covered all the aspects of statistics and giving us the reasons why the community and the businesses suffered. Um, In my opinion, my heart goes out to the families who own these businesses and the employees who are part of these businesses because Having no money can be an emotionally very difficult time, especially during pandemic. I'm certain that with the vaccines coming in and a year of pandemic, uh, we are getting used to living our lives and the business will eventually resume. But it was a very hard hitting time and nobody should really go through because I'm a college student and I face difficulty every time I struggle to pay my rent. And I could not imagine when how you invest your time, energy, and money in creating a business and in eventually you have to shut it down because of pandemic, because of low sales, and whatever whatsoever reasons. But I'm hopeful that the businesses could resume and people who had to shut down their stores permanently found a way to navigate through their lives. And it's terrible. I wish we could provide them more help and resources, but I'm not sure what has been provided them yet. Thank you. Yes, of course. And if you want to support all of these black businesses, we actually have a list of black businesses on our website, www.thecincinnatiherald.com. Well, I must say this was a fascinating discussion. I want to thank all of my guests for coming on the show today. Thank you, John. Thank you for having us. Great show. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. No problem at all. And make sure to check out these stories and plenty of other stories on our website at www.thecincinnatiherald.com. And you can also check out our print edition, which is sold at Kroger, UDF, Walgreens, Joseph Beth Booksellers, and at select service stations. Plus, you can follow us at the Cincinnati Herald on Facebook. You can also follow us at Cincy Herald on Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can follow us on YouTube. Just search for the Herald TV. And you can also follow us on our TikTok channel at the Cincinnati Herald. And folks, we are still in the pandemic. So make sure to wear a mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing. I'm John Reese. And this is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. Have a good day, everyone.